Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. Give me a yes. Yes. <laughs> Give me a we're recording. <laughs> we're recording. Hi, Kate. Hello, Dom. What a pleasure to see you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to see your smiling face. Well, thanks. <laughs> Although, having said that, looking in these shots, I'm just, I'm really, I need the Botox appointment to come sooner rather than later. <laughs> She's, she's got a big hole in her head. She's tapping her head. But it's usually, and what I figure is that it's when I do this expression, which is like one of surprise. Um, and I think it's from teaching because the shit kids say, you're just like, <gasps> I beg your pardon? <laughs> Let's pretend I didn't hear that. What did you that? say? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's doubled down from my dating life of going out with people and they say things and you're like, what? What do you mean? Red flag. Red flag There's... city. These are red. This is red flag <laughs> mitt wrinkles. These are red flag wrinkles. <laughs> I wonder where your green flag wrinkles would be then. <laughs> well, well, this is a family podcast, as we've always said. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Every time I upload and I have to tick that box, is this appropriate for kids? No. No. Not really. <laughs> Not a lot of what we do is appropriate for kids. <laughs> well. Oh, my God. Dom, good. I'm so excited Me to see too. you, to share this story and experience with you. But no doubt we might have some. Keep your house. Keep, keep your house. Check it out. Keep your house. Keep, keep your house. Oh, yeah. We should have a record, I think. We should. A record contract, at the very least. If people didn't know this, Kate is actually an amazing singer and musician, but <laughs> we'll save that for another day. We will. I'll, I was actually looking at my um, band's album just the other day, my band from back in the day. I have a legitimate CD, um, which I'll, I might even upload onto Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> You should. I'll check, I'll check with my bandmates and I'll let you all know. Pretty good. Get their royalties, Kate. Yes. <laughs> but, yes, let's get through our housekeeping nice and quick. Um, okay. As usual, folks, please go check out our social media channels on things like TikTok and Instagram. It's very easy to find. Just look for shitin.bricks.podcast. Do it. Simple. Do it now. Do it. Do it. <laughs> And while you're at it, go check out our Patreon. Uh, just for a few bucks a month, you can get access to a bunch of uh, free content each week. We usually do a bonus episode and you also get early access to this week's episode. Um, so please, just a few bucks. It goes a really long way. It helps keep it the does. lights on. Yeah. And this year, it's a big year of ratings and reviews because if you didn't know, folks, ratings and reviews really help us get seen by more people. So... They do. It's yeah. true. We wouldn't lie to you on this pod. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> there goes my nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and last but not least, this week's sky. Uh, <laughs> this week's <laughs> sky is grey. It's <laughs> Melbourne. It's July. <laughs> yeah, by the way, folks, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you're enjoying gorgeous weather. We're suffering in the freezing cold and... So true, we are. But the point I was trying to make is this week's BooPod Network feature podcast is Skylark Bell. Ah, there it is. That's where the sky came from. Um, Melissa is one of the most talented human beings. Actually reminds me a lot of you, Catherine, in terms of like your musical ability and your creativity and 
you know, you've got a podcast under your belt now as well. That is very kind of you. Melissa is just as talented. Um, so original like content and storytelling every week and it's just a, exceptional work. So mm-hmm. go get lost in the very melodic tones and soothing atmospheric ASMR that is Melissa's voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Boop. The Skylark Bell, an award-winning serial fiction podcast by Melissa Oliveri, now in its third season. Follow Magpie and Lucas from small-town America to a remote Scottish island as they attempt to solve the mystery of the mythical Skylark Bell. This podcast is for lovers of ghost stories, time travel, Celtic lore, the unexplained, and the supernatural. Find the Skylark Bell on your preferred podcast platform and at theskylarkbell.com All right, welcome back, Kate. Let's Welcome back, welcome back. Wrap up our house. Keep keeping your house. Because you've got a story for us this week. Oh, yeah, I do. And everyone was so worried the whole week because they're like, what is she going to do? She doesn't really seem like she's got a plan. Guess what? (laughs) I didn't. But now I've come up with a whole, not just a story, but an experience. Mm. I am on school holidays, which means I'm allowed to leave my home during the day and participate in activities, which are my choosing. Um, <laughs> and I don't get into trouble for it. So, cause I do that at work and I get into trouble, but when I'm on school holes, I don't get into trouble. If I were to get into some serious trouble though, maybe I would have ended up where I visited today. What a segue. Oh my god! I did spent, you have a did you have a excursion? A Kate I had only an excursion. excursion. <laughs> I took my mummy. Actually, she's my little excursion friend. Um, love a retired parent because whenever you want to do something, she's like, "Yeah, I'll go." So, <laughs> I took my mummy Carol uh, to Pentridge Prison in <sighs> Coburg today. Oh, what? And I've never been. Oh. I don't often journey over that side of town, uh, except to visit my um, glorious friend Jade. Uh, she's in Preston, which isn't far, but Coburg is a, a suburb in Victoria, um, just outside of the city. It's probably only about 20 minutes from the city, 15, yeah. 20 minutes from the CBD. Uh, but I live in the East and this is sort of North. So I don't travel out that way a heck of a lot. However, Pentridge prison has just opened this year. So this, this whole experience is brand new. So mm. it was really April this year. So it's only been open for a few months. Uh, and it had popped up on my social media and it was like, you know, you can do tours and things. And I was like, that sounds really interesting. And something that I haven't done, I haven't done like a touristy thing in a bit. So I thought I'm going to flip and do this. Treat yourself. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And then I thought, well, it's perfect because I'm going on a Tuesday. We're recording on a Tuesday. I'll make my podcast episode about this. So it worked out perfectly. And I was yeah able to learn some cool stuff really specific to Australia, really specific to Victoria, New South Wales. Uh, so there are so many stories of people who had ventured in and out of Pentridge over the course of time. Uh, I'm just going to focus on two or three people today. Mm-hmm. Um, two people for our main story, an extra person for our Patreon bonus. So make sure if you want to hear about that, you sign up so that you can listen to that little extra. But uh, because we need sponsors and we want to get some cross promotion, let me give you a quick rundown on if you're in Melbourne, how to go to Pentridge, what it costs, all of that sort of gear. So mummy and I went, it was 35 bucks. So there's two tours you can do. You can do a, um, uh, tour of division B or a tour of division H. Now, uh, the division B was kind of the main, like one of the main, um, areas one of the first built but then the h division which was known as the hell division was held for like real badass people (sighs) and it was really horrendous and it was an extra 
yeah, division that was constructed. Um, so we chose the H division because the tours go for an hour and a half. So I was like, I don't know if I'm committed to three hours of B and H, but you can do both. It's 35 bucks for one or 60 bucks to go and do both of them. Um, we had lovely Zoe as our tour guide today. She was so great and full of knowledge and she was really friendly, uh, and answered all of my silly questions. And, um, I was like a bit of a teacher's pet cause I'd done a bit of reading before I went and she'd be like, does anyone know what this building was for? Like why it's outside the main building. And I was like, yes, miss. Um, that's cause it was a woman's prison. And she's like, yeah, that's right. Hi okay, Zoe. On. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of my cousin. Kate. Sorry, Zoe. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was really great. And, and like the overall experience, um, is amazing. So what they've done to restore this area, it's, it's, it's a community like high end shopping. There's a cinema, there's a bougie grocery store, cafes, all of that sort of stuff. And I can imagine in the summer, there's a big, where that used to be the muster yard, which is a bit depressing, but is now a community courtyard area. There's an amazing brewery there, which I went for lunch. Um, it's just a really cool place. So just for a day out, even if you don't end up doing a tour of the prison, just to be there and be on that site and to yeah experience the amazing bluestone buildings and everything oh. it was really cool. So I highly recommend it for anybody who wants a, a day out, an afternoon out. It was really, really interesting. Yeah, the construction of it, like you know, you that you know when you go by it, folks, because it's it has the most dis, distinctive bluestone giant, you know, prison wall, but it's yeah. It's stunning. Like think Shawshank Redemption type old, 100%. I don't know if Gothic architecture is the correct period. And I should know because I fucking did fine art as my degree, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, the, 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 the structure of it is stunning. Can you know when you're near it because you all of a sudden see that big blue wall, yeah. stone wall and you're like, Oh, holy shit. What that is. It's such an impressive example of a local council or whatever deciding not to just bulldoze everything correct and actually retain all the beautiful stuff and pay I think well we'll hear in a bit respect to the history of the place and yeah definitely modernize it so yes yep and I feel like they did they've done a really good job because I'm such a huge fan of really just stopping and thinking you know like people were here this is not just something that you read about where I'm standing and where I'm walking is where these people have walked and have stood and these things have happened in our history and I'm there and there's something really cool about that but when they go over the top and modernize it I get a bit bothered by that yeah because I'm like keep the original and they've done an exquisite job it's one of the best examples I've ever seen of that combo of old and new whenever you go yeah whenever you go to like europe and you see those steps that have been worn down over millennia and you're like yeah so many thousands hundreds of thousands of people have stood on this point and that's the impact of that has carved out these dents in steps or whatever it's just you can't not be in awe and not that we have millennia of history in australia no no that's right Uh, the uh, first nations and indigenous people of australia sure as hell do do. yep Absolutely. But yeah, a little bit different to what we yeah experienced and and built. So to start my episode, I'm going to give you a real quick rundown of Pentridge and this project that they created. So 2002 to 2012 uh, was the sale of Pentridge. So the Victorian government um, split Pentridge into two sites, Pentridge Coburg and Pentridge Village. In 2007, Pentridge Coburg changed hands. During this time, the old Pentridge Stockade area to the east of what's now known as Stockade Avenue is developed into housing. So there's apartment Mm. complexes and stuff, leaving the Pentridge Piazza, the old mustering yard where I was today, and the Bluestone Heritage Buildings in need of maintenance, restoration and reactivation. In 2013, the Shea Group purchases Pentridge Coburg with the vision to and intent to reactivate the site and open up Pentridge and its heritage buildings to the local community. In 2013 was the end of J Division. So J Division was a modern addition to the prison and that's where juvenile offenders were often held or long-term prisoners with good behaviour records. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit more of a cushy environment, a little bit more of a hotel vibe than a prison vibe. So for for the juveniles and the longer-term good behaviour kids and men. In 2016... Pentridge opens its doors. So there was a Pentridge open day and 8,000 locals visited 
Uh, it was the first time that many had seen the prison since its closure. I'll get into lots of detail about dates and times of closures later. Yeah. Uh, 2020, a new era at Pentridge begins. Um, so they started the redevelopment project. They started building it. Uh, and then, yeah, now that it's open just this year for, for people to, to come and visit and experience. And Three years? Yeah. That's not yeah. a bad, like, oh, throw no. in a pandemic as well and they still manage to. Yeah. And what they've done to it is is incredible. Even looking at some of the pictures, I was explaining to, to mum today, we were looking at some of the pictures of even like the foreman's house, mm. which is now the place you go to purchase tickets and things. But even that, in the 80s, they did some like 80s renos to it. So put like a shithouse pergola on it and like, you mm. know, kind of built in the, um, there was like a little porch upstairs and they like built it in just with like shit cladding and corrugated iron and stuff. They've pulled all that down and they've restored it back to like the original 1960s, 1970s. And it's, they've just done an amazing job. So the architecture in and of itself is, is some, something else. So even if you're just a fan of architecture, go to this place. Cause it's so cool. I can't speak highly enough of it. Uh, let me give you a couple of factoids about Pentridge before we dig in. Fact me up. Here it is. Pentridge is one of the oldest prisons in Australia. So it first opened in 1851 and the Coburg prison became one of the country's longest operating penitentiaries, only closing in 1997 after 146 years of uninterrupted operation. Throughout this time, it took over from Melbourne jail as the state's primary metropolitan prison and housed some of the state's most notorious and violent criminals. So the reason for, and going back to the, them calling it the stockade, is that it was quite literally, they had like half a dozen prisoners at Melbourne jail that they were like, these guys are dipshits. Can somebody do something? <laughs> so the the cops literally just marched these guys from Melbourne jail up to Coburg where it was a stockade. It was just a, where horses, like a, a paddock with a fence. Um, and then, and there was a couple of huts and they painted the huts black, which was part of the like, torturous process of shoving them in there on brutally hot Melbourne summers um, and things like that. But then the prisoners were like, well, maybe we just like jump this meter and a half high fence and just run off. <laughs> uh, they kept doing that. And they were like, oh, I think we need something else. I think we something might need some sturdy. walls. <laughs> yeah, I think we might need something. So that was the beginning of it. It did begin, yeah, just as a stockade, as a, um, yeah, horse yard essentially type prison. Another interesting fact about Pentridge is that it was once home to Ned Kelly's grave. <gasps> so Ned Kelly, for those of you who aren't aware, you might not be au fait with, um, you know, Australian iconography. stories and iconography. <laughs> yes. Now, Ned Kelly, he was born in 1885 in Victoria and he died in 1880 in Melbourne. He is the most famous bushranger that Australia um, has known. That's, that's, I'm just, I'm calling it. He yeah, is. Yeah. In 1877, Kelly shot and injured a policeman who was trying to arrest his brother, Dan Kelly, for horse theft. The brothers fled into the bush where two other men joined them to form the Kelly gang. The Kelly gang's uh, perpetration of a series of daring robberies in Victoria and the New South Wales borderland in 1878 to 1880 captured the imagination of the public. Some viewed Ned Kelly as a personification of the plight of workers set against large landowners in an economically depressed period. So Robin Hood, yeah, more or less. That's what that's his legacy. So hold on a sec, though, Kate. Yeah. In Australia, we love to like give nicknames and things. Hundred percent. If if what would what would be like the Aussie slang version of Robin Hood? Of Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Kelly. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's all yeah, it's but gonna be for, like for him, Robo oh, Hotto or Ro yeah, <laughs> Hoodsy, Hoodsy, God, Hoodsy, how am I? How you going? Um, or we like to do it where we give people nicknames that are so far beyond. Like if you're redheaded, you're bluey. You call call yeah. blue because it's not it's not red. So um, yeah. Robin Hood would be like Crow Satchel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Magpie helmet. Get out, mate. There you go. Fucking <laughs> so stupid. Oh, magpie. It's so dumb. But everybody gets it. Like in Australia, those nicknames don't, yeah, they're not, they're not a leap. <laughs> 
All right, so for Ned, in June 1880, after several police shootings and robberies, the gang took possession of a Glen Rowan township where they were besieged by police. Kelly was wounded and captured in the ensuing fray. His fellow gang members were killed. Later that year, he was taken to Melbourne jail where he was hanged. Now, for those of you who are thinking, Ned Kelly, Ned Kelly, what is that? He created or had the, um, was it lead? I want to say it's lead, but it was his, yeah, his suit during this Glen Rowan siege. Um, Yeah, he basically put on armour. So a hat, like a, yeah, not tin. Anyway, metal, looked very cool. Original Iron Man, throwing it out there. Ah, absolutely. Original Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Now, having been executed and buried at Melbourne Jail in 1880, following the infamous Glen Rowan shootout, Australia's best-known bushranger was exhumed in 1929 and moved to the Pentridge Prison Cemetery. Here, Kelly remained for 82 years before being exhumed once more in 2011. It was then that his remains were returned to his descendants, with the masked gunman ultimately being buried at a cemetery in the Victorian country town of Greta among his relatives. So that's our little Pentridge connection. Have you ever met anyone that's related to Ned Kelly? Maybe. Yeah, I think that. I would mean, be I've been cool to the story. footy, so I've probably walked past someone that's sure. related to him, no doubt. Uh, no, I haven't. Have you? No, but I just I figure it, that sounds like such an Aussie thing to say. Be like, oh yeah. I, I don't know enough about Ned Kelly to. Did he have children? Did he have squids? I believe so. Okay, cool. Well, guess we'll find out. That's next week's episode, folks. It's written itself. Ned oh, Kelly. I'll do I'll do Ned <laughs> Kelly for you. Give us a thumbs up if you think we should do Ned Kelly next week. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Uh, now, for Pentridge and its grounds, they were actually architecturally designed. So this is, uh, yeah, pretty different and impressive for a prison. But whilst few prisons are known for their garden settings, the outdoor areas of Pentridge Prison were originally designed by noted landscape landscape architect Hugh Linacker. Yeah. Linacker? Linacker. Yeah. Who believed that landscapes and gardens contributed to a person's well-being? They do. Wow. Other well-known designs by uh, Linacre throughout Victoria include Yarraben Park, Burnham Beaches, and the Pioneer Women's Memorial Garden in King's Domain. Oh, my God. I live right next to Yarraben Park. You do. He designed it. Wow. Hugh. Nice job, buddy. Good job, Hugh. Love that. Um, All right. I super quickly have to go and turn my heater off because I'm going to die in this room because oh. I've closed my door and I didn't, I usually turn it off. Yeah. I'm going to need 20 to seconds. Die. Don't die, I don't want to die. I don't want to, no, I don't want, but if I do pop me next to Ned Kelly and Greta. I'll sing a song for while you turn oh, thank that you. off. <laughs> Kate, we don't want you to die. We want you to live because you're pretty. And you're in the middle of telling a story, hon. And. Folks are going to get really upset if we stop halfway through. Boop, 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 boop. Here she is, folks. Oh, I can't wait. You I was can't. hoping I'd catch the end of it. No, I purposely <laughs> stopped just because. I knew it. Okay. Now you've got something to look forward to. Fantastic. I can't wait. Thank you for that, folks. I just, I was starting to um, get a bit sweaty in my undercarriage and I knew that that was going to be the bloody heater. See, if was going. Kate would slip off her chair, she'd chip a tooth. It'd uh, be a disaster. My yeah. face would slowly start getting more and more red as well. All right, uh, <laughs> back to Pentridge. <laughs> now, this is an interesting, interesting fact, which I didn't know, but Pentridge Prison conducted Australia's final execution. Okay. Like, hmm. Is that a cool thing to, yeah, well. I think it's a great thing. I think it's a good thing. I just didn't know that it was there. Um, now, in 1967, inmate Ronald Ryan was executed at Pentridge after killing a prison officer, George Hodson. The fatal shooting of Hodson occurred when Ryan tried to make an unsuccessful escape from Pentridge, a crime that he was ultimately hanged for. Though Ryan was the last man to be executed at Pentridge and in Australia, the practice wasn't formally outlawed across all states and territories until 1973. Mm. In total, 11 executions occurred at Pentridge Prison throughout its 146 years of operation. So, yeah. 
I don't want to have a big political conversation I around know. the death penalty and stuff like yeah. that, but 67, that's, that ain't too bad. Nah, nah, <laughs> I'd agree. I'd agree. Now I went into, and this was a little bit eerie and I've um, put together some socials stuff. Um, oh, scary. Which I, I know, but I went into the hold that was used where that's where they spent their last night oh. before they were executed. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, and it's essentially a cell that is like the other cells, so it's not particularly different, although it does have um, – it's basically split in half, yeah. so there's another, like, gate in uh, the middle sure. of it. So yeah. the prisoner is behind the lock gate, and then in front of the lock gate, a guard would sit so that the person couldn't kill themselves before uh, the execution because yeah. that would be a waste, surely. Um, and then it's behind the locked cell door. So it's sort of a double door um, for them. But, yeah, very eerie. And they put a red light in there, which I thought was quite morbid. But, yeah, you'll, we'll pop a picture up. Um, a lot of the pictures that will be on our socials, which I put into our folder, Dom, are ones that I've taken today. Oh, so wonderful. it's um, a personal touch. Yeah. Folks, we're um, getting into yeah. it. Don't you love I know. doing like a live it's so cool. It's so good, Kate, right? I've done a yeah. couple when I've been traveling, right? It's so good yeah. when you actually get to take the photos. Or... And you've been there. And I've sort of put all this information and I'm looking at this now and I'm at currently page four of 22 and I don't know that we're going to get through all the stories based on my little ad libs, but I'm here for it. So let's just, let's party. Now, another fact about Pentridge is that it was home to an impossible escape. In 1980, Pentridge opened a maximum security ward known as Jika Jika. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It could be Jika Jika. I'm pretty sure it's Jika Jika. I'm remembering what Zoe was telling me today. Mm. Now, it's described as a jail within a jail. So the section was made up of a series of mini units to isolate prisoners and included remote locking. So it was a bit more up to date. It was a yeah. bit more fancy and snazzy. So it had CCTV and electronic doors. Despite the then state-of-the-art security measures, four inmates managed to escape the escape-proof unit in 1983. Though the group were later caught and returned, um, uh, Jika Jika came under further scrutiny just four years later in 1987 when prisoners lit a fire inside their cell, barricaded a door, and they ultimately killed five inmates. Holy moly. Yeah. Now that cost the government over $350 million in today's money for that unit. Um, and it was closed after eight years of operating. Yeah, they were like, a... maybe this isn't a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was flammable an expensive walls and shit. Yeah, that's it. Also the fact that the prisoners don't seem to be happy to be in here. Um, yeah, they're sort of taking the piss. Well, good on now, you for taking a hint. Folks. Yeah, exactly right. A $350 million whoopsie. Uh, you might recognize it from your favorite movie is my next Pentridge fact. So it has been used in a couple of movies. Can you, okay, Dom, try and, there's a couple here. There's like two. Okay. Are there, there's two famous Australian films that use Pentridge and one of them is to do with a previous inmate. Can you think of the two films? Well, there's one of them, Chopper. Correct. Right. And then I feel like there was a movie where like a brother came out and he was friends with, no, not friends. It wasn't like the castle or anything. Was it the castle? It was the castle. It's the castle. <laughs> it's the castle. It's got Bonnie Dude, which is my yes. name. But I remember I like it. they go to pick him up or something or Correct. send, send yep. something. Wayne Kerrigan serves time in jail. Well done. What a I'm so proud of you. I am yeah. good at this. I'm it. shit at so much else in life. <laughs> and when I'm dead, no one's going to yeah. remember me for much. But <laughs> if it's anything, it's like my stupid movie 90s. And Love it. 90s movie trivia. trivia. Without a shadow of a doubt. That's yeah. what we will be known for. That's yeah. what we'll have to have. <laughs> Quote, I actually just rewatched the end of Seven last night because um, uh, Gem J from work watched it. And I was like, I forget the ending. I haven't seen the ending in a bit. So I rewatched that. So I'm going to have uh, What's in the Box as my <laughs> headstone. <laughs> oh, too, too morbid? 
It's gonna be no. I'm gonna have something like Kaiser Sose. It'll be like yeah, an upside down fucking coffee cup. The greatest drink the devil ever pulled on. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, cool. Okay. Thanks everyone for joining us for our '90s movie <laughs> <Sorry>. trivia <laughs> fandom. They all love it. I looked at the stats, and the majority of the people that listen to Shit and Bricks are in there. Like, I think. 40s, 50s, and yeah, anyway, so you're, you're all, you're all they're, with us. They're all, you're all with us. You're all here. Uh, all right. The next um, little factors I have for the Pentridge prison, yep, that's the one, is that it was home to some of Australia's most infamous criminals and gifted artists, as well as being home to gangland criminals like Mark Chopper Reed uh, and Keith Fayo. Fayo? F-A-U-R-E. I don't know who that is. Mm. Oh, I should call Zoe. Uh, Pentridge Prison also housed some of the country. She was such a cute little button. She'd be absolutely mortified to think I was speaking of it. Uh, also housed some of the country's most violent criminals, including serial killer Peter Dupas and the mass murderers Julian Knight and Craig Minogue. No relation. Padam, padam. The jail also housed... <laughs> A number of men who went on to become some of Australia's most beloved and iconic artists, including poet Shelton Lee, artistic director Noel Tovey, and Indigenous actor and activist Uncle Jack Charles. Informed by his time in Pentridge, Charles later went on to become a mentor to Indigenous inmates across Victorian detention centres and prisons. Such a cool story. And it's NAIDOC week this week, folks. Which Maybe that's a good story to do. Absolutely. Okay. Those are my not so quick little fun facts about Pentridge Prison. I want to talk a little bit about uh, one of the inmates that when you go, it has the tour um, Mm. where you listen, the audio tour, but it's great. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I think I've heard of it. (laughs) Is that what they are? I took a little picture of me with the little cute little headphones on just to prove I was being cultured. Um, And each of the, there's cells that have uh, plaques outside the door. And if you walk into that cell, the audio will start automatically playing for whatever story is happening in there. And it sort of puts together a bit of a story of, yeah, things that happened and it's also recordings of um, police officers, so people mm. that worked there, and also inmates. So you're hearing their perspective whilst you're sitting in the cells they were in, and it's very oh. it, cool. It's very, very fascinating. Shivers. But one of the people that I wanted to talk about, one, because I liked a lot of what he said on the audio um describing some of the the acts but then also there was one part which I'll talk about later but he was talking about an experience that he had mm-hmm. with a younger inmate I want to talk about that not a bad one it was a good one uh but John Killick so John Killick was in Pentridge um and I'll tell a little bit of his story uh he's written a whole bunch of books um fascinating the other reason I wanted to talk about John Killick is because he went in for um stealing money so it wasn't one of the most horrendous crimes. So I didn't really want to talk up any of the crims yeah. that were doing the gross things. Uh, so let me read this article a little bit about John. It was um, written earlier this year because he turned 81 this year. And he, yeah, talks quite openly about his sort of experiences and things. But this is from his perspective. Happy birthday, John. Happy birthday, John. Prodigious armed robber and expert escaper, John Killick, who turned 81 in February, (laughs) he turned 81 in February, has a unique take on how to remain healthy in your latter years. In some ways, he says, jail can preserve you. It is stressful, but it has steady hours, there's no boozing, and you're not running around. So if anyone's looking for that quick, you know, how do I grow old, go to jail? Sure. Let's do that. Keep now, most most of the police and prison officers from four states who chased or caged him for more than 50 years are long gone, while John has just finished his fifth book. He is heading to Melbourne in a couple of weeks. This was in Feb when the National Trust reopens part of Pentridge Prison, where he did six hard years from 1966 until 1972. Those who claim modern jails are soft would do well to look at Pentridge where giant bluestone walls hide callous brutality that resulted in angry men being released back into the community. Treat people as animals and what do you expect to get in return? 
there was an interesting quote, which I've forgotten what she said, but Zoe said at the end, there was a, I think it was a, a priest that had visited the prison. And one of the quotes that he had said was, um, this place will turn bicycle thieves into murderers. Oh. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. it was interesting wow. that they were sending people out who weren't rehabilitated. They were worse than yeah. when they went in. Now, Killick first arrived in Pentridge with a redheaded inmate who refused to say why he was there for good reason. It was Keith Ryrie who had abducted and murdered a five-year-old girl. They separated the two prisoners, farming Ryrie into the path of a reception party of heavy crooks who kicked him until he was nearly unconscious. Uh, John goes on to say that they let the crims do it. No one liked child killers. One of the things that I liked about listening to John too is if you just imagine the most iconic Aussie slang, like (laughs) accent, just Aussie bloke, that's him. He's, yeah. Now, when he was uh, transferred, when John was transferred to the notorious H division, which is where I went today, Killick was beaten with a baton as a welcome. I bit through my lip to stop from crying out, knowing that any noise would let inmates know that I was vulnerable. So he, he stole a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He stole a bit of money and tried to escape. So ah. this was um, something that happened in H Division that was well known. So that's what they were telling us today. I was looking a little bit about it online, but this was from the tour today, was that when they would go into H Division, all of the guards would just line up like in two lines. And as the prisoner walked through, they would just beat the living shit out of them with their baton. That was their welcome. They're like, hi, come in. We're going to beat the living shit out of you and then throw you in your cell. That was there. Yeah. I just don't get how that ever was considered acceptable. It reminds me so much of the Stanford experiment and it's like, hello. Yeah. Now, John escaped custody in three states, first from Melbourne at the Hawthorne Court. He was facing two armed robbery charges. He punched one of his escorts in the belly and then I ran down the steps. I was pretty fast then, but I got tackled by a guard. I think I was unlucky to be tackled like that in a non-rugby state. (laughs) 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 He's he's got the best one-liners. In 1984, while he was doing time in Brisbane's, Brisbane's Boggo Road Prison, a woman slipped him a replica pistol when he was transferred to a local hospital. This time he was on the run for 12 months. His most ambitious and famous escape was in 1999. Now I was with a group of people who like my mom and then there were some other people who were a bit older than I was. And as soon as Zoe said, you know, John Killick, they're like, oh yeah, they all knew about this. I had no clue. I don't know anything about him until now. I don't, I've never heard of him either. This is the best. This is my favorite escape ever. His most ambitious and famous escape was in 1999 when his girlfriend, Lucy Dudko, hired a helicopter from Bankstown Airport to take a joy flight over the nearby Sydney Olympic site. Once she was in the air, she pulled a gun and demanded the pilot land at Silverwater Prison to pick up Killick. They spent 45 days on the run and it cost him a further 15 years in jail. So she goes for a joy flight, sticks up the the pilot literally flies into the prison, just hovers down on the ground. He runs over to the helicopter, dives in, and they jet off. When was that's this? not the most, this is 1999. You're fucking joking. Nah, I'm dead set. It's amazing. He wrote a book about it. How did I not <laughs> hear this? How cool is that? That is, come on. I, if I were a judge, I'd be like, dude, I'm not Have even going to punish nah. you. Have a good time. That was some Mission Impossible James Bond shit. You have the best time. Go and live on a beach, babe. Like, that was sick. (laughs) I'd literally be sitting in my office. Imagine you're the foreman, like, looking out over the grounds and this job, and you're like, oh, (laughs) I'd even joke. I'd be like, get to the chopper. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're being stupid. Let's just be real stupid, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. Oh, how good's that as an escape? Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And that was what everyone in the tour group was remembering when they said John Killick. They're like, oh, the chopper guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, he was first, John was first sent to adult prison in 1960 at age 18 for housebreaking. 
It's a, it's a good start. Prison. If we have to clarify yeah. which prison. Adult prison. Uh, that might suggest that he may have had a little tipple in some uh, juvenile activity. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. So he went to um, adult prison at, six, at 18 for housebreaking. Um, in 1966, he pulled his first armed robbery to raise funds. <laughs> that sounds like a Kickstarter. Yeah. Like I'm raising funds. Um, guys, if you can just put the money in the bag. Pew, the possible account. <laughs> <laughs> um, he wanted to raise funds to travel to the United States to reunite with his first girlfriend, Kathy Bishop. Now, well, the Kathy's show- not going to get in a fucking helicopter and come <laughs> visit you, will she? Exactly. Not worth now, it. The, nah, the chatty ex-inmate, this is the reporter referring to John, gets a little cagey when he's asked how many times, <laughs> how many armed robberies he pulls. And John says, I've been convicted of nine and they're the only ones I'll put my hand up for. <laughs> <laughs> so, just the ones I've been convicted for. That's how many I did. <laughs> Now, two of them were in Melbourne. Um, he went to a railway station for $20 and because he, he was drunk. And then the Kensington Commonwealth Bank where a teller, a teller shot him, fired shots at him because they were armed back then. In the oh, 60s, sure. bank tellers had guns. And he said, it just bloody missed me. <laughs> it nearly got shot. Is this Kensington, Victoria? Like, um. Yeah, Kensington Commonwealth Bank. Oh my god! So that's in Melbourne. I yeah, used to go where you used to live. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's famous. John Killick was there. Uh, now the one of the reasons why John is sort of a big part of Pentridge is was that he gave not only was being a, a resident, um, but he also gave evidence at the 1972 Board of Inquiry conducted by Kenneth Jenkinson QC into brutality and misconduct at Pentridge. The inquiry that. was called after prisoners rioted and held sit-in protests. So this is around that time where the um, Jika Jika section burned and they were doing protests and there was, yeah, there was a lot going on. Um, while no prison officers were convicted of bashings, two were charged but they were acquitted, Jenkinson's report resulted in the government loosening bail rules and banning punishments such as solitary confinement and dietary restrictions. So for a lot of the prisoners in H Division, um, they would go months on just bread and water. So they'd give them just like some slices of bread and some water and that was it. So oh, they were like, no, you can't do that anymore. No, you need to, especially myself, like I'm a celiac. I would have been just a bloat baby for the whole time. Shitting all over the place. Oh, God, <laughs> would have been an all sorts. <laughs> He's Kate again. He's again. <laughs> She's she <laughs> My poor bloated tummy would enter the room before anything else. Oh, bless. Now, um, in 1973, I was just working out where I was, sorry, everyone. I really do need glasses. In 1973, the age under editor Graham Perkin called for Pentridge to be closed. Perkin was right, but he was 24 years early. Killick was arrested. <laughs> just a bit out of time there, He's out of, di- out of date. Slow down. Yeah, we'll get there. Killick was arrested in 1966 in Melbourne. This is so great. I love this line. I don't know if I'm going to get through it. Okay. In Mel, in, uh, he was arrested in 1966 in Melbourne, entering the Fred Astaire dance studio. So he was going to visit his girlfriend to go to the dance studio. Inside, he says, were male and female police officers masquerading as light-footed students. And John goes on to say, I knew there was a problem. The receptionist, her face was white. <laughs> I went. <laughs> I went there to learn the tango, but they fox trotted me out of there pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I would have met him so. I love bad. John. If you go to Pentridge, you can see he's got like video recordings, and you can listen to his voice. But he's so great. <laughs> I went there to learn the tango, but they fox-trotted me out of there pretty quick. So, <laughs> uh, they need to do the, a movie of his, oh, of his life. I, surely. I know. Fuck Chopper. In, do do, do, do Killick, yeah. Do the Chopper getaway. Now, in the background, after he says that, his loyal wife, Gloria, she's 82, she laughs. He had plenty of female partners in crime over the years, but Gloria was not one of them. She loved him, but not his chosen career. <laughs> of stealing shit and they split during one of his many jail stints she did take him back though when he was released from prison in 2014 
props to you, Gloria. During his criminal career, including 30 years inside, Killick downplayed his culpability. Sure, he was a stick-up man, but he says he would never have pulled the trigger. These days, however, he understands the trauma that he inflicted. He said, I now know that robbing banks creates psychological damage and it is a heavy crime. I deserve to be punished and I accept that, he adds. What still angers him was the extras, the bread and water punishment, being locked in a small cage and being beaten with batons. In 1968, he decided to escape from Pentridge, which was a high-risk strategy considering the previous escapee, Ronald Ryan, was hanged the year before after he was convicted of murdering prison officer George Hodson. That's the one I was telling you about. was the last execution. Yeah. Killick had um, smuggled in a hacksaw blade and he cut through the bars in E-Wing, which was the medical wing. It is now a brewery. <laughs> it's very nice. Yeah. You should go there. Uh, however, it's the building is still there, so you can sort of yeah imagine he would have been upstairs. So he cut through the weak part of the door to slip out of the dormitory with two other prisoners. Now, the plan was to jump the guard and force him to hand over the division keys. The only issue was is that... They decided a good strategy was to prevent prisoners from stealing your keys when you come to work that day as a guard. We're actually just going to lock you in E-Wing and you can stay in there without any keys or means of getting out or escape just so that the prisoners don't take your keys. So that's what happened in this case. The patrolling officer was jumped and then Killick was looking for the keys and there wasn't any. So he's like, oh, well, this is shit. Um, then John goes on to say he went for his gun so I hit him he fell down and I thought that I might have killed him Mm. Killick and his two mates ran upstairs to barricade the door in the amenities area with an organ starting a six hour siege 18 carloads of police arrived they shot out the lights Killick says he knew that if the prison officer had died he was going to hang like Ryan and he said I considered then killing myself While the guard had blood pouring out of his head after he was struck with a bar, the wound was superficial and he got five stitches and he survived and he was okay. If it had escalated, it could have ended in a riot with inmates being shot. Instead, prison governor Ian Grinley used a bullhorn to negotiate. Bellowing loud enough for every prisoner to hear, he made promises. Killick would have to do his remaining four years in top security H division but any new charges would be dealt with quietly in the magistrate's jail court. So there was like a court on the property. So it's part of the administration building. That's their little magistrate's court. He kept his word, said Killick. He stepped out fearing that he was going to be killed. So he's walked out of E division thinking he'll just be shot dead. Instead, he was marched straight to the secure cell that held Ryan before he was hanged. So that red cell that I went into today. Mm. Um, now, one of the things that Zoe told me today that wasn't in this story was that the negotiation was actually he'd happily go to H Division, providing he didn't get the shit beaten out of him as soon as he walked in, which was the general welcome of H mm. Division. Um, so that was also part of the negotiation. And they said, yep, that's fine. No problem. Um, one of the other things that Zoe told me today was that for shits and gigs, they walked um, Killick straight to the cell that Ryan was held in locked him there all weekend, um, told him that the cop he had beaten had in fact died and let him believe that he was going to be hanged when they let him out because oh. he'd killed the killed the cop. Um, but the guard was fine and the guard who had the stitches was the one that let him out on the Monday as a fun joke. Okay, folks, just, you know, a novel idea. If you treat people this way... Maybe they're going to re-offend. So it's yeah. quite, you know, you could make an argument, Kate, that mm. all his re-offences are actually as a result of being mistreated in the yep. first place. Yep. It's, yeah, there's a lot of two sides to every story. And I know that they're prisoners and they've done something to be there in the first place, but, yeah, then treating them like animals is not is, a positive step forward. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that wasn't in this article. That's just what Zoe told me today, and I believe her, so I'm adding that in. Yeah, Zoe doesn't lie. Zoe does not lie. Mm. Uh, released in 1972, Killick continued to commit armed robberies, get caught, and plot escapes, culminating in the 1999 helicopter escape. Uh, amazing. In H Division, 
The inmates broke rocks and had tiny exercise yards that, if they existed in a modern zoo, would create public outrage. I was in one of those today. They are, in fact, tiny, and the breaking rocks thing was all day. They would get huge lumps of bluestone, which then they would smash with sledgehammers, and then they would smash them again and smash them again, and then put all the little bits outside, which actually helped to build Sydney Road. So Sydney Road that still exists in Coburg was used originally using the bluestone pebbles that were broken up by the prisoners in HWG. That is... There you go. Wow. Aren't these cute little tidbits? I'm living for this. It's It was the best day. After a life of crime, Killick says, I know I did bad things, but he said that he has spent his latter years counselling people heading down the same track in the hope of paying back his debt. Oh, I so think that's I, how you do rehabilitation, correct, folks. Exactly right. So he's spent all the time doing that and he believes that he thinks he's just about broken even for all the shit that he did. He has a book, his like most recent one from this year, um, is called Outlaw. And all of the proceeds from that go to funding um, programs for disadvantaged youth. So, so he's, he's like doing putting more his stories good than yeah. most people do. Yeah, exactly. And to be at the yeah, as I said earlier, to be at the prison and to listen to his voice tell the stories. One of the stories that I felt was like quite impactful for me um, was that he was yeah in one of the yards or where there was some sort of loose bricks and stuff that was part of it so he's able to kind of access a cell next to him um but there was a young guy that came in mm. and they say this on the recording so you have to excuse my language or my profanity uh but on the recording um this young guy came in and the prisoners and the guards basically beat him up um and you know we're just kind of calling him all sorts of slurs, asking him why he lets men fuck him, uh, beating him up, all of that sort of stuff. So um, John had heard this and then heard the guy crying next to him, the young young boy, managed to remove some bricks and everything like that, found the, the young guy in the section next to him, um, grabbed onto his hand and was just like, mate, it's going like, to be okay. Because the thing was that John Killick was kind of like the boss of the prison because he had, you know, like yeah escaped so many times and sort of had street cred yeah and he, he said, sounds very charismatic like yeah talking sure. about his wife like she wanted to leave him but she just couldn't resist he sounds charismatic as shit yeah like, so he said to this young guy he's like how long are you here for and the boy was like i'm here for a week like i have a week oh. here um and then john says on the recording you know i said to him nothing's going to happen to you for this week i'm going to talk to everybody nobody's going to touch you nobody's going to talk to you nobody's going to do anything um and then went on to say he's like it's not his fault if he's gay like why should he be spoken to that way or or treated that way or you know mm. and like this is in a prison that's what got me it's like you know that goes without saying but it was the fact that it was in a prison and this is a guy that was you know that grew up in a, a an era Mm-hmm. that was not supportive of this lifestyle or that was not necessarily, you know, comfortable with that sort of language or would ever support a kid. This kid was like 13, 14 years old, like he was a baby. Yeah. Um. But that was something, and I straight away was just like, I really hope John Killick didn't murder anyone. That was the point where I was like, yeah. I hope, because I like him. Like, yeah. I really like his story. Yeah. Yeah. Then when I found out it was financial crimes or these, you know, sticking people up, he never killed anybody. Um, yes, he, you know, he admitted to the psychological effects, but that was something that really stuck with me. I was like, wow, he was a good, there's a good person in there despite all the silly decisions he makes. Absolutely. Um, and then he goes on to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he went on to say on the recording that, uh, he never saw that kid again. He doesn't know like what happened to him or what his name was or anything. He never saw that kid again. Oh, my God. Um, Pentridge need to find yeah. this kid. Right? Yeah, I like, know. Surely they could records. figure it out. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, yeah, so that was that's John Killick's story. Uh, and I'm trying to think if there was any other little Pentridge tidbits that I want to tell you before I sign off for our main epi and then slide into Patreon. To Ooh. talk about the other chopper of the prison story, which is Mark Chopper Reed, who is wildly famous here in Australia. Eric Banner, 
played him in a film which brought Eric Banner out of playing comedy roles into playing very serious dramatic roles, critically acclaimed. Uh, yeah, and he, Chopper, was a resident of Pentridge as well. So Are that's going to other... be for our that's... brickies. Yeah, yeah, for our brickies. I want to tell that. Or should that be a main? Like, I'm happy to save it for a main because there's a lot. It's up to you. You are the maestro, Kate. Why don't There's a fucking moth coming in attacking you. It's not a moth. It's a goddamn fucking fly from that plant that is being shitting me up the wall. And I don't know if there's one or if there's a hundred. Like, it just keeps on turning up. It got real close to you. I know. It was literally there. That looks like a There's got to be more than one. I need to get some of that fly trap shit. All right. Here's the deal. I'm deciding right now, listeners. Next week, I'm going to do an episode on Chopper Reed. <gasps> yes. Yeah. So I'll do some Chop Chop, Uncle Chop Chop. But one little tidbit from Pentridge that's Chopper related, yep. but is a little bit um, cool, I thought, was that in 2014, there was a ghost sighting <gasps> in Chopper Reed's cell at Pentridge Prison. Love this. An unexplained figure has been sighted at Pentridge Prison D Division near Chopper Reed's old cell. The apparition was sighted by a tour group and described as leaning against the wall with his leg up smoking a cigarette. When our tour guides and security guard went to investigate, he had simply vanished. However, it was the unexplained screams coming from the same cell that made worldwide news headlines. On Sunday, the 18th of May, 2014, tour guide Jeremy Cooley from Lantern Ghost Tours was taking a group of guests through Pentridge Prison as part of Victoria's Law Week when the group heard a spine-chilling shout, Get out! (gasps) Echo through the corridors. The sound came from Chopper Reed's old cell. Jeremy assumed that one of his guests was just playing a prank. And he was disturbed when he did a head count and he found that everybody was present. The group then heard another shout. Get the fuck out! At this point, the group assumed that someone had snuck into the building and was hiding in one of the cells scattered over the building's three floors. The security guard was called and was shocked to find nobody hiding in any of the cells. Staff made the decision to call the police who checked every room and cell in the building but nobody was found. Chopper Reed. Yeah, because my initial Cooks. thought was someone's like come in and squatting and whatever. And yeah. Kind of... Oh, by the way, so I probably should have prefaced this. Chopper Reed died in 2013. So oh, this was the year after. The year after. Uh-huh. And Chopper totally would have been. Oh, he'd so would have done that. If if goes the real, hundred percent. Yeah, he would. Yeah. If goes the real, Chopper would totally come and hit. What is it about Australia? We're just pranksters, like we really are. I know. Yeah, he would. He would totally have done that without a shadow of a doubt. All right, folks. Well, why don't you do yourself a favor and join me next week? I'll follow it up. Let's do a double. I'll do a double double. Single, single, double. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm reminds me of an exercise topic. video. Yeah, we'll do a double. I'll do Chopper Reed next week. Yeah. So join me with that because I've also got a story about a young guy who was in Pentridge Prison who basically had Chopper as his mentor and he tells his in-depth story about how Chopper Reed actually changed his life Ooh. and that's fascinating. So this is a cute little Melbourne, Victoria, Australia crime series yeah why rush it it? let's spread it out let's take our time let's take our gosh darn time all right all right kate you've you've once again why is it blurry thank you focus back on me (laughs) (laughs) um you've once again broken the wheel you've reinvented the wheel i've broken the wheel i've reinvented the mold and here we are you're doing stuff we've never done before so this is Awesome. Well done. On your it was first... so much fun. I had a, such a good day and I want to do more of those things because there's more from my experience of going there than reading anything on the internet has given me. Yeah. So I highly recommend. So if you're in Melbourne and it's still school holes and you've got some little, little chippies, you can take them as well. You just have to be, you know, they give you all the warnings of all the things that are on all of the buildings and the stuff that's said on the recording. So if you, you know, don't want them to hear that, then that's okay. 
But I also think that there's a huge part about education that is very important for our youth. So take them along. Uh, agreed. And people that have got convictions have every damn right, if not more, to be given opportunity. Correct. Unless so. they killed a five-year-old girl. Yeah. He didn't do well after that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, cool. folks. On that note, <laughs> guys, you we love you. <laughs> stay out of prison (laughs) that's a wrap big shout out to everyone for tuning in to shit and bricks don't forget to subscribe rate and review us plus you can find extra little nuggets on our socials next week we'll be back talking more shit so do not forget to tune in and remember to wipe flush and wash your hands goodbye